Hello, everybody. Welcome on in. Thank you all for listening to Haven't Seen It, a movie podcast. I am your host, Tim Sestito, and alongside me is my good friend, Tommy Tevenet. Hey, guys. We want to thank you all so much for listening. We really appreciated all the positive feedback that we got from the first episode on Home Alone 2. Uh, We're really glad that you found a lot of enjoyment in the show we're really glad that you liked it and we're going to keep on working on the podcast and building it, coming up with more categories to kind of structure the show a little more, but we're going to keep working through and finding our rhythm. And I think after a couple episodes, we'll be much more structured in that way, but we're really glad that a lot of you found joy and humor in the episode. And that's what we're hoping to bring to you. So yeah, and definitely follow us on our, our socials at Haven't Seen It Pod or Seen It Pod. Um, and give us five stars on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. So we really appreciate it, guys. Yeah, yeah. So for this week, we decided to do another Christmas movie. We know that time of the year is coming up. We know you have some car rides, some maybe you're with some family you don't really want to see and you're just trying to get out of the room for a little bit. I don't know what you guys are doing, but we decided on doing another holiday classic. And for this one, it's a movie that I have not seen. All right. We did a Scrooge, the Bill Murray classic. Uh, He's hilarious in it as he is in every movie. And we can't wait to talk about it. This holiday season, Bill Murray gets I'm going to be visited by three ghosts. A ghost? Tomorrow at noon. And tomorrow, that's bad for me, Lulu. As a matter of fact, the whole rest of the week is a washout. So don't miss the party. Hey, back off, big man. They may work with the checks, but not with me. Rated PG-13. Starts Wednesday, November 23rd at theaters everywhere. So this is Scrooged. This is the Bill Murray classic, as Tommy stated before. It stars him, Karen Allen, and John Forsyth, and it's directed by Richard Donner, who is best known for directing Superman, Superman 2, and the first three Lethal Weapons. I don't think he did four, right? No, no, he did four, too. He, oh, uh, he did do four. He was even supposed to do five before he uh, unfortunately passed away earlier this year. But yeah, so... <laughs> so, so, so yeah, so... Has his hands all up in there. <laughs> Had his hands all up in Lethal Weapon 4, which so. is obviously the most renowned in the series. But It's better than 3, but yeah, that's a whole different art story. So, um, Timmy, I really have to focus on, though, how have you never seen Scrooge before? That's a good question. It's one that kind of ellipsed my, 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 uh, my movie-going watching. I, I, it's, pro- it's not the kind of movie that I think my mom would love per se but uh, yeah it's not exactly a kid's movie in terms of christmas classics <laughs> well yeah no I, I mean i think for like old like for teens i think it's i think it's good for teens in, in that sense like where it, it kind of filters in a little more not that it, it's not a scary movie but they definitely filter in more like horror ish elements and kind of the way that like the models are built and the and like some of the, the makeup and the costume design especially of like the the ghosts 
uh, of Christmas. Oh yeah, that's the ghost makeup in general, and just like um, they really just went for it and just really try to make them kind of creepy of the Christmas Carol aspect. Yeah. Oh, spoiler alert! This follows a very similar st- structure to uh, a Christmas Carol, and you know. Yeah. But, if you never heard of this movie, <laughs> if if you never heard of this movie and it wasn't given away from the title, um, but yeah. to to give a brief rundown of this you know synopsis of scrooge scrooge starring bill murray who is playing frank cross who is a network executive he is as selfish and as arrogant as and as much of a prick as they come and he his old boss shows up and as a as a ghost and tells him that he has to turn his life around or else he is failed for he's failed and he's meant to be doomed and the ghost of Christmas past, Christmas present and Christmas future come follows all your hallmarks of it. Yeah. Um, All the good beats of Christmas Carol. (laughs) So I guess I'll, I'll say this. Uh, It it was interesting to see how they kind of weaved the classic Scrooge story. So the way the, the story kind of overhauls is Bill Murray as the executive is running a live, uh, version of Scrooge for network television, you know, straight ripped straight out of the Dickens novel uh, on the TV. And while this is happening, he is experiencing the exact same thing, but more, you know, about him personally. And I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, He, Bill Murray has a lot of charm and, uh, and he can really dial it up a lot in, in a lot of ways that keeps him kind of the grounded middleman, but also he can go zany, but he doesn't lose you as kind of a straight man. He's always great at like Ghostbusters. He, he's the straight man of that bunch. Like oh yeah, uh, on that team, like you, you have Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis or the, the other two co-stars and they're kind of less, much less grounded, especially Harold Ramis. And Bill Murray was always the one that even though he was in on the, plot he was kind of the he was the guy that you could relate to and th- i think that's always been bill murray's greatest strength uh yeah bill- more than more than anything bill murray's always been great as being like the sarcastic asshole like one of the reasons why uh, ghostbusters works so well um <laughs> on top of so many other things is that like while there's the horror elements are real you can see bill murray just being a sarcastic asshole and kind of downplaying a little bit and we get a little bit of this in scrooge too uh kind of playing a little bit of the same but uh beats in fact even the poster for this movie uh referenced ghostbusters because they realized like hey like bill murray and ghosts that's all you need so i think if i remember correctly the tagline was uh bill bill murray's facing ghosts again except this time it's one against three so they're definitely capitalizing on the fact like hey bill murray again he's in ghostbusters don't forget (laughs) don't forget that big movie that we're still milking 40 years later ghostbusters Yeah. yeah Don't. At the time, it was only four years later, but still, um, it came out at an interesting point in Bill Murray's career. Um, I guess we'll probably pick up on this right now. So Ghostbusters came out in 84. Huge success. Um, you know, obviously, we are still talking to this day. We, we just saw the new Ghostbusters last month. Um, that's a whole other story we can get on. But basically, uh, Bill Murray gets that. Huge success. Everyone loves it. Then he makes this movie called The Razor's Edge that people fucking hate. Bombs at the box office, a terrible thing. Bill Murray's pretty much like, okay, like, I don't really want to do movies for a little bit. He travels somewhere else, just, just like goes out of the way and everything like that. And then after this, he doesn't really lead in the movie for a while. He does like little bit parts, like little shop of horrors and stuff like that. And Scrooge 
was his real comeback. So you get there, Scrooge is like, okay, this is his first real lean role since Ghostbusters. We're going to forget about Razor's Edge. Let's go straight into uh, Scrooge again. You know, Bill Murray and Ghost winning combination. Let's see how it goes. And honestly, I think it played out really well. well. And they were probably also tying in on the on the fact that Ghostbusters 2 was coming out, you know, right after, right? That was the next year, right? That Ghostbusters um, it was the 2? next year. I looked it up. This movie came out in like November and Ghostbusters 2 came out in June of the next year. So about like six or seven months after. So, so I'm sh- there was probably a trailer pl- of Ghostbusters 2 playing before, uh, yeah. before Scrooge <laughs> in a theater. If a marketing executive wanted to keep his job, he would have done that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 100 percent. They're they're not stupid. They they know how they they're not. Hollywood isn't always smart about making good movies, but they are sure smart about getting your butt in that seat. That has always been their greatest strength. But even yeah. after that, he had what about Bob Groundhog's Day and and that like Groundhog Day was probably like the peak of the original Murray run from yeah. ghost but like if you want to call it from like caddyshackish to to groundhog's day and then he had he did ed wood where he's kind of a, a a bit part kingpin is kingpin's pretty solid it's a pretty solid sports movie yeah it's, it's a pretty not, funny movie it's a funny movie but it's not on the quality of of the his past works and then he did you know larger than life and the man who knew too little and it his you know he and when you when you're in Hollywood and you start to hit that like 40s to 50s, right? I think he's about 50 at this point. Yeah, where he's no longer really the seen as like a viable leading man, and he's making a movie where he's paired with an elephant. You know, if, yeah, if I'm a Holly- not the best. I'm a Hollywood exec. And his like other biggest role at the time was probably Space Jam, which uh, I love, obviously, but you know, probably not the best uh, real role for him at that time. <laughs> different different conversation we don't we don't yeah he, exactly, exactly he was good he that's, was good in that but that's another I, three hour pod right there let's just uh, say that what, <laughs> me and you arguing about whether space jam is a good movie or not it's a cinematic masterpiece that's all i'm saying <laughs> uh it's a cinematic masterpiece compared to space jam 2 a new legacy oh yeah exactly well anything's better than that pile of shit <laughs> but so but it, you know and then his career really resurrects when he kind of takes like he hasn't done as many comedies, you know, Rushmore really resurrected his career when he paired with Wes Anderson. Mm. And then from there he did lost in translation and the life of Steve aquatic. And that kind of, he kind of pivoted more to like the dramedy type roles where it's not like straight yeah. up zany comedies, but it's more like, you know, there's humorous elements to him, but not really just like straight up like ghostbusters, just like sarcastic asshole Bill Murray that we love. Yeah. And they're not straight and they're not straight. Like Rushmore is not a straight drama. It has, no, too, it's too much charm to be kind of in that in a traditional drama sense. But yeah, it's, it's very interesting to see that this is kind of like, well, I didn't realize that Bill Murray had, I didn't realize, I guess I'm like looking at his IMDb page now. I didn't yeah. realize that he really kind of just took a break from, from, I, he didn't, he didn't release anything in 1985. And then. Yeah, and no, he, seriously, I, Razor's Edge just depressed him. I, I forget the exact story, but it was like, he like, went off somewhere and he pretty much just like wanted to almost retire from acting at that point just because he was so bummed out about that because i think it was just like a real passing project for him but what and it just yeah it, it, i've never seen razor edge but i've heard that i don't it's not a movie that i need to digest. yeah I don't, I don't think it's anything that we need to watch i mean i haven't seen it either but um hey if, we, still if we, <laughs> hey if we ever wanted oh he he wrote it that would definitely have a part of it to do with uh 
why he was so passionate about it. But if we ever want to do bomb movie month, which, Hey, if anybody listening would like to listen to, to bigger movies that completely flopped and you want to hear us talk about it, that's totally something we could do. Oh, exactly. Let, yeah. Like five let us years know, down the road, <laughs> five years down the road, let us know on Twitter and Instagram, if that's what you want. And we'll see if we can make it happen for you. But anyway, so getting back to Scrooge, the movie that so, we're covering. <laughs> Scro- so that's right. We're doing a podcast on Scrooge and not on Bill Murray. Oh, wait, one last Bill Murray fun fact. Because we're okay, on the, okay. or not fun fact, but this is, so I, in, I think this was 2018. I went to the Brooklyn Barge on Memorial Day. Okay. And after we left the Brooklyn Barge, we're just like wander, we're just like wandering right in, it's right in Red Hook. And we just wanted to go somewhere to grab like a quick bite to eat and maybe a drink or something following that. And we walk into this like restaurant and it's got this like these white, it's like, it was like all white, like kind of marbleish, but with like heavy purple lights coming down on all of it. And as we're walking in, some guy at the door just starts shaking our hands. It's Bill Murray. I swear to God, it was Bill Murray oh. shaking our hands at the restaurant. Just casually. And, and you, what was the reaction where you're just like, oh, shit. Oh, like oh, you're just like, oh, very nice to meet you, Bill. Like, like <laughs> I, I'm not a, I'm not a like. Oh, like now let me go talk to Bill Murray because I know. Yeah, he, you're not the star fucker type. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but he he. So I I texted my cousin who lived around the area, and he's like, "Oh, that's that's Bill Murray's son's restaurant. Like Bill Murray's son owned the restaurant, and Bill <gasps> oh. probably is financially invested in the restaurant, so that's why he was there. But we oh, were there awesome. for maybe thirty to forty five minutes. I I can't. Oh, uh, you know, around an were, hour. Were, were you were you were you just like staring at Bill Murray the whole time, just like like oh like please notice me or something? <laughs> no, no. Well, no. It's more of like a observational behavior. Like yeah. I, he wasn't going to talk to us like that, which yeah. is fine. That that I that I knew. You're, uh, you're not big enough for the Murray train. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm like a guy in my twenties. You think he wants to talk to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah no, exactly. No, but Bill Bill left there with with a woman around his arm. <laughs> you know he 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 looks his age for sure he did not get the paul rudd uh treatment of botox when that was made available to him he nope certainly <laughs> wears his years if, if you will but you he know, definitely looks like a guy in his 70s <laughs> yeah but and god love him he left with a woman more than half his age gotta yeah. love him for it gotta, now, I, bill murray's gotten this like, great reputation in the last like five to ten years where um he'll be the type of person that you'll see at an airport bar and he'll come up behind you and whisper and say no one's ever gonna believe you yeah that that's an old <laughs> that's like that's that's an old internet myth that that's like from like the early 2000s where they were like i think the original one was like i was at wendy's and bill murray was there and bill murray walked up took a fry dip it in ketchup and said no one's gonna believe you that this happened and then walked away <laughs> like which I, I love to believe that this actually happened, that Bill Murray's just the type that he's like, I'm just gonna fuck with random people now. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd like to think that this was before he before marketing agents like that rumor was before like marketing agencies became before savvy. Agency. Yeah. yeah, before like not, not that they didn't exist before that, but before they became savvy to like like starting to spread internet rumors. Like like people like the prequels now because when Disney bought Star Wars, they invested a ton of money into making bots of memes of the prequels and you'll see, you see the entire movies across any internet platform and people are like yeah. oh they aren't that bad but if you sat and watched them you'd say oh why did i waste two hours of this my time watching shit. this yeah yeah it's not it's not good uh, uh you know that's part of the that's you know that's what pr agencies have really been able to weaponize online and i think those rumors like i remember hearing that in like high school which is 
yeah. yeah. No, it's like even more more so now. Where it's like you even notice like nowadays if like a video game or a movie or something like that gets some really bad reviews, you'll start noticing the Rotten Tomatoes critic score having ten star reviews are so glowing and so like just out of believe it where it's like this was the greatest movie i ever seen and meanwhile it's like fucking space gym too we're just gonna keep on ducking that today <laughs> you, you mean you mean ghostbusters 2016 that yeah got, that, even that i mean that no, got that, yeah were you about to say that ghostbusters 2016 wasn't that bad it was a mediocre movie i think it was like a five or like a four um out that's of 10. not that's not mediocre that's bad you gotta have you gotta up your Five is well, bad. Two is a two is like a train wreck. It's more interesting in the context. Ghost that Ghostbusters movie is more interesting in the context of it being like the twenty-five year awaited sequel. They said, "Oh, we're yeah. doing our own thing with it," and then they just did the same Ghostbusters movie, and but they didn't have any of the humor from the. They lost the the original humor of the original movie. But this is not a podcast about Ghostbusters. This is a podcaster about Scrooge. And, and Bill Murray facts. <laughs> and Bill Murray facts, apparently. That might be our new <laughs> yeah. pod. That might yeah. be our next podcast name, just this, figuring this is... out, finding out random Bill Murray stories. We'll, we'll keep it on the back burner. Let's see how this one goes. <laughs> Where here. in the world is Bill Murray? <laughs> All right. So let's let's actually try to dive in a little bit on Scrooge. Okay, focus on the wanna... movie we wanted to cover. <laughs> You mean the movie we just watched like two hours ago before we yeah. recorded? Yeah, like we should... I, I think literally just finished it about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah. So, so I, I want to say I really like that there was a cameo by the six million dollar man himself, Lee Majors, oh. in the opening seconds of that movie. Just oh, I'm so like... basically for for those of you who haven't seen the movie, uh, the movie opens up with uh, a scene of Santa and like some eighties type action movie where he's like with a machine gun. Lee Majors shows up out of nowhere and he's like. Oh, six million dollar man! I'm glad you're here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, for those of you who do not know Lee Majors, which might be anybody born after born in the '90s and beyond, and Lee that's Majors, not pop culture junkies like us. <laughs> yeah, but Lee Majors was the six million dollars man, which was a TV show in the 1970s where they rebuilt a man and they invested six million dollars into him and made him like an android or something i don't know i've never watched i think he's like a super robot or some shit yeah it's like half it's like half robot half man and he just like he's basically like superman and he just you know but he does it on a 70s action tv budget yeah Uh, (laughs) that's but but yeah um i literally my first note of uh when i was taking notes for this movie was I would love to see that Lee Majors Christmas special. Oh, I, t- so I lo- that's that that's literally <laughs> what I have. It's literally what I have written down here. The night the reindeers died. That's literally how the movie opens. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't even because it once they start, it, it like kind of pulls back. Like the camera yeah. kind of pulls back. Like it starts off like you're just you're watching it like a normal movie, and then it pulls back, and you're clearly in like a television studio with yeah. executives around the board table watching it. And IBC, the channel that they work, you know, IBC presents like Christmas, like they did Cajun Christmas. They did a follow-up to Leave It to Beaver, which uh, which was Father Loves Beaver, which I'm not sure is trying to be a, a clever joke oh, or de- not. It was definitely trying to be a dirty joke. Um, yeah. Was Leave It to Beaver still popular back then? I mean, that's what I was wondering. because Well, well, I, I don't think it was necessarily... Po- uh, I'm, I mean, my grandparents showed me episodes of Leave It to Beaver. Like, I, I've seen episodes of it when I was younger. And that was like Right would it be that, like the equivalent of like if they did Scrooge in 2021, they'd be showing like a Friends sequel or something like that? No, nah, yeah, no. Nah, well, Friends is like yeah, maybe well, home, I, home Improvement, maybe Home Improvement would be a better one for one, I guess. Well, I do, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I did TV back then is kind of complicated because tele television in like the early in the 50s and the 60s, 
there, uh, I even like there's a critic, Alan Sepinwall. He he wrote a television book. He's mm. he's really well renowned, and he said he wrote a book called The Top 100, and he him and another critic ranked their top 100 shows of all time, and they said you're going to notice a lot of shows from the 60s, the, the 70s, mm. are not are void of this list. Like I think there's only like five or something on there, and they said like you have to realize that most of that television content was was like designed by like cigarette companies and by chip companies and like what you see on the set of like if you ever watched Mad Men which is one of my favorite shows but on the set of Mad Men like there are a lot of times they'll go to like the production set like you have to realize like these programs were television was just a medium to to advertise that's that's all that's all it was built for and while it still does that to this day very much so they've I think a lot of television like HBO and and even Netflix to an extent but I that's another bone to pick but uh, they've invested what movie studios used to invest in quality storytelling you know like when you think of like great storytelling from like the 70s to the 90s like in movies like there's a ton of classics that basically replaced the gold like whatever used to be referred to as the golden age it still Mm -hmm. is but What's well, one of those that. things like television in general um, until probably like I'd say well, maybe the 90s and I'm probably breaking my mom's heart if she's listening to the podcast but in the 60s and 70s for a lot of, a lot of it was disposable. Um, yeah, oh for sure. Yeah it was like it, television wasn't really the medium it is today where like people are doing like great stories like Breaking Bad or Mad Men or stuff like that. Dramas I feel like weren't really as much and it was very much more uh, like barely even serialized like to the fact that like you know, you don't have a season long arc on like freaking. I don't well, know, they were so well. They were well. Th- well, those you're thinking of like comedies, but there were a lot of like Dallas kind of shows that were dramas, but they were way more soapy than they are today. Yeah, like well, even even like going back to Lee Majors, Six Million Dollar Man, I feel like was kind of like a case of the week, like yeah, X-Files oh yeah, almost or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was, and it was, and like they would film forty episodes in a year. Like they, it was a, it was a heavy churn and burn. Like if you. Like TV today makes ten ep- like thirty minute ten episodes like that. That's it. Yeah. That that's it. Those people would do hour episodes that were fifty two to fifty five minutes, and they would put forty of them out a, a year. It's kind of yeah. great, and I'm sure there's been like regulations in the industry mm-hmm. that probably didn't exist when it started. But that would it's you know I think a, they've realized, especially with the rise of streaming, that it's better to invest in quality, not in quantity, because quantity yeah. just burns people out where quality oh yeah quality no, it's, shines it's, through it's one of those things like watching like tv shows now where it's just like there's like our tv shows back back then rather um where it's like there's like 25 episodes in an hour-long tv show and it's like by the time you get to like episode 10 it's like okay like i don't this is all filler at this point like you need mm-hmm. maybe like eight of these episodes at most <laughs> well anyway back to scrooge, back to scrooge. Actually, <laughs> well actually we we can tie this into scrooge because what when the ghost of Christmas past takes takes Frank and and he it's a it's a great setup of the scene. He's at lunch with his with the head of the network, uh Frank by Robert his, Mitchum. Um yeah, Robert old, Mitchum. Great actor, um, Night of the Hunter, Classic. great movie. This is, I think this is one of his last big performances too. So like, yeah, oh, right b- before he retired, right? Um and, and yeah, or died. I, I don't know. But he died on the nineties, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, but he uh, so they're they're out to lunch and and this is right after 
he met with his old boss who is Lou Hayward and Lou Hayward is in this just this great costume when he comes in or great makeup costume yeah. where he's just a zombie like he's been he said he's been dead for seven years so slowly deteriorating you, and everything so you can see how deteriorated it is he tries to drink up a cardi and bill murray tries to to shoot him with the pistol that he has in his desk and he's like hey i don't mind if you hit me but don't hit the bacardi <laughs> like and he's like pouring himself a drink and it's like starts pouring out of his oh yeah that's so great <laughs> out of his like features like it was really clever like that but he tells him that at noon the next day you're going to be visited by by one of the by one of the ghosts of Christmas and part of that and I guess to tie this to still set this up a little more before the dinner and after the uh, the ghost leaves the first ghost leaves uh, the ghost dials up uh, Frank's old girlfriend Claire Phillips who is played by by Karen Allen the great Karen Allen from From Indiana Indiana Jones and and Animal House uh, and he leaves her exasperated message about being seeing some kind, you know, he sounded like he had a ghost. He saw a ghost and, and Claire visits him on set before the meeting. So, you know, he sees a ghost from his past, but you know, she's, she's really there. And Claire is the exact opposite of Frank. Frank is selfish driven. He wants to run the world and Claire is selfless and helpful and, wants to help save the world that's that's her thing and she works down at at a soup kitchen you know the two polar opposites and 15 years later they've gone different paths but they go to the so after that they go he goes with the boss to to lunch and at lunch they you know he's telling oh you're you're stressed out you're breaking out and he starts seeing hallucinations like he gets a drink and he sees yep. an eyeball in the in in the in the cocktail and yep. he sees a waiter on fire and he tries to like put the waiter out with and he just like ends up spraying him with yep. water <laughs> and pretty much I, I did love the little joke after that of uh the richard pryor joke mentioning him of like oh like sorry i thought you're richard pryor <laughs> oh yeah it, yeah that that was good wait I, um the, the the whole time I, when i was watching that whole scene of like bill murray just like really in, in the restaurant i was like bill murray like this so like freaking Robert Mitchum who is in this scene, he's like, is Bill Murray like fucking like tripping on acid right now? Like what, what the hell is going on? Like <laughs> he's going yeah. on a bad acid trip right now. Things are going weird. Things are freaking crazy. <laughs> yeah. And like this movie is set in the modern day of 1988 is like when it's supposed to take place. Like, yeah. And, and he's definitely the kind of person that still calls people hippies, you know, like he, he's yeah. somebody that's just like that, that cut of a cloth is, is his character. But when yeah. he leaves the restaurant, he takes a cab and they go way back to one of his earliest Christmases in 1955, where, where he goes into his childhood home and he's, we see, we see Frank at four years old and Frank is just glued in front of the television watching it. And his dad comes in from work and he's like, hey, kid, here you go. Merry Christmas. And he gives him five pounds of veal. Uh, and he's <laughs> <Great> like, <gifts. laughs> he's like, I wanted a train. He's like, yeah, well, why don't you go get a job? And the mom's like, but he's four. Why he doesn't need a job. He's, he's four. Uh, yeah. It's so odd that his uh, dad's played by his uh, Bill Murray's real life brother, Brian Bill Murray. Where it's like, what? Yeah, that, yeah that, that I noticed was uh, his brother. A little, little jarring. So it was one of those things in the movie. Um, so there's obviously with Christmas Girl, there's four uh, four ghosts really. I mean, like there's the yeah. 
Jacob Marley character, which, which was the name of it again? Uh, I have it up here. He is um, uh, Lou Hayward. Okay, Lou Hayward. So yeah, Lou Hayward, as we said before, great freaking makeup. And then we have um, David Johansson from the New York Dolls. Um, he's a little frontman of them playing um, the Ghost of Christmas Pass. And I think that he makes the movie. Honestly, I mean, he steals every scene he's in the little brief time he has. I think he's my favorite of the, of the four ghosts. Just like so much en- manic energy right there and just like just crazy ass shit. <laughs> well, we, we, we spend the most time with with him for sure in the Ghost oh, of yeah. Christmas Past. But yeah, he he's the, he's the cabbie that you're terrified of of getting. Yeah. He's the everybody that's been in New York City or any major city with with reckless drivers has gotten into a cab and once you get to your location, you you say in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and, and yeah. you think you, you thank up to the big man because you are you do not understand how you survived that cab ride. That that is that guy. Uh, he, he's really the guy that yeah, he would be going like freaking like 80 miles per hour down like Times Square or something like that, weaving in and out of traffic and shit. <laughs> I, I remember, what is going on? I remember we had an Uber back from me and my friends had an Uber back from Hoboken and we're in this uber and in the lincoln tunnel which is very na- very narrow passage and yeah. he is going like the, the uber driver is going at least 75 80 and i just start texting my friends like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> like he was going so fast it's a lincoln tunnel we like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah like what, what the hell <laughs> you hey, don't need hey. to you don't need to be going 80 miles per hour in the lincoln tunnel like and, and you have like the panic okay. attack you have the panic yeah, attack you, in that where it's just like do I, do I just like leave the freaking taxi right now? Do I just like bail? Do I just Not, do a well, barrel? Well, well, you're, well, you're, well, you're in the Lincoln Tunnel. You don't really have a say at that point. You just, oh, yeah. Kinda, you, you, you're in for the no, ride. <laughs> there's no getting out of that taxi cab. That is just in the name. The, yeah, that is just, uh, that is just, uh, I mean, it was later. I think it was like nine or 10. So it wasn't traffic, but it was like, why are you going? Like, if you want to go 10 over, okay, fine. You, you don't want to go 50. All right, that's fine. 10 over the speed limit. The guy yeah. was flying, but. That that is who is the ghost of Christmas past, and we see, we really to tie it all back together. We see his connection to television, and like they even have a conversation back and forth about, uh, you know, he's like, you know, Phil, you you never lived life, and he's like, yes, I have, and he starts quoting. TV shows. Like, yeah, like, he's like, oh, like, uh, what about that time I hit the big baseball? And it's just like, oh, that was that was when you saw a Little House on the Prairie, kid. Yeah, that was. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it was. It was. Yeah, he was just quoting TV shows for his life stories, and he doesn't really very relatable. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't really have any of that. He he very clearly was just raised by screens, and he doesn't. He's not able to connect with people, and that's his biggest flaw. And then we cut ahead to 1968 when he's just working in the mailroom at the television studio, and with they, the killer mullet, Bill Murray's oh, just rocking. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, let me t- let me the, the I, I I know it, it, and it doesn't really matter, but like I love when movies just try to de-age actors by giving them like longer hair, and it's like yeah. we're supposed to believe he's like 22, but he looks like it, he looks like 45 year old Bill Murray. Yeah, he just, still like, looks like he yeah, has 40s. <laughs> ridiculous. Like they don't even try to put any makeup on him to maybe try to de-age him. Yeah. Like, like it's like go- if this movie was made now, like you, we would have like the Force Awakens almost, where it's just like uh, or a little another- de-aging. Yeah, a little de-aging technology. Yeah, yeah, some of the de-aging technology. Or the the Irishman. 
<laughs> hopefully not hopefully not that bad but no exactly <laughs> is, is that what's uh, gonna be like we're just not gonna cast like younger actors and just gonna be like okay fuck it like robert de niro you're 80 you're gonna try and stomp on someone on a fucking curb and, it's and you're gonna look, gonna look like and you're gonna look like an 80 old man stomping on him okay yeah but uh, but yes your face is gonna look like you're like 30 <laughs> yeah but did you and it's not and it's gonna break the uncanny valley too that's that's the other thing too the best I mean, part you, I mean, you saw the Mandalorian, and you saw the the fan react. Did you watch the second season of the Mandalorian? Yeah. So I guess a uh, big spoiler alert because I know exactly where you're going to go. Oh, so st- if you oh, haven't stop. seen the Mandalorian, we're just going to warn it right now. Spoiler. It's been spoiler. out. It's been it's been out a year. Spo- spoilers so, are. For, spo- we're talking about a four year old movie and a TV show that aired a year ago. If you wanted to see it, you've seen it already. But fair they, enough. <laughs> they have to rescue the the ba- the baby Yoda that that you have seen and. Who comes to rescue him is Luke Skywalker, who's being played by Mark Hamill, but they completely de-aged his face. Like they just made yeah. him they look like him Mark look, Hamill the 70s. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they made him look like you know, right after Return of the Jedi, Mark Hamill. But even in uh Rogue One, like they paid for the the family of Peter Cushing for the likeness of, of Peter Cushing and they CGI'd him in. Well, like it, there's there's weird shit like that happening where now where it's just like um they're making a movie um they got uh, permission, like a Vietnam War movie. They got permission of the state of James Dean to play um, the main character. And they said, this is so great. We couldn't have thought of a better actor than James Dean. This would have been his third role. And this is one of those things like you couldn't find like another random white actor today to star in your fucking Vietnam War movie. <laughs> James Dean in 1955 has no idea that Vietnam's a country like, yeah. and you're making him star in a, in a Vietnam war movie. He, th- that's not even an er- an actor that lived through the era of Vietnam. This is, he's in, he's from like the golden the it's, 1950s. He, it's going to be one of those weird things where like, we're going to see like, like we're, we're probably seeing it right now where it's like commercials of like actors from like 50, 60 years ago, like uh, John Wayne, for example, or something like that, where he's going to be like, I'm John Wayne's son, Coca-Cola now or something. Yeah. Shit. Yeah. It, it, well, you know, the big studios, and I think we will save this for, I think we'll save this larger discussion for maybe when we cover more of a bigger blockbuster, yeah. but I, I think there's a lot of creative bankruptcy and a lot of reliance on what you know, instead of trying to make something new that yeah. you know, like, but we, even we won't- we won't even go into spoilers, but like the new Spider-Man, like for example. Well, is, you can't you can't go into the new Spider-Man. No, not going into spoilers, but just based on the trailer alone, from what you can tell, they're just rehashing yeah. the old villains and stuff like that. And yeah. So, but, um, but anyways, back to Scrooge. Um, back to Scrooge. We back to Scrooge. We have to stay. Yeah, we have to we have to stay on task here. Um, so, you, so you, <laughs> I, one thing I want to touch on before we kind of advance the plot further is his relationship yeah. with his secretary claire who he's clearly had for a while mm-hmm. um uh they, and uh, you know she's a single mother with five children she lives in a tiny apartment with her mother so their grandmother mm-hmm. is helping raise them while she she works to pay them he's not paying out the christmas bonuses like she's asking like what do i get people for christmas gifts and he's like like what should we get your brother get him a towel like uh, you know we're yeah that that build up and it's kind of easy to tell with a movie called scrooge like is the main character going to be like ebenezer scrooge <laughs> yeah real detective work right there <laughs> yeah real, real detective work which is probably why we didn't really like cover it but i 
she I think she plays a bigger role in in Hollingham and she plays a pretty fairly substantial part there he, he, Bill Murray kind of carries the whole movie like Karen yeah. Ar- Allen's listed as the second lead and like I don't think there's I, there's a big jump she she's only really in the movie for maybe like 20 30 minutes not even i would say 20 minutes but it's it's one of those things like uh so scrooge obviously um bill murray's character if you haven't gathered from everything we're talking about now um is obviously the ebenezer scrooge of the story bill murray i literally just said that tommy oh wow wow (laughs) thanks for for listening yeah thanks for uh yeah i'm really paying attention but um it's one of those things that like the reason why this movie works is that Bill Murray's character is such a goddamn dick in this movie. And it's the greatest laughs in the movies where you just call people bastards and stuff like that, or just randomly being like, like you said, like cutting the Christmas bonuses and everything. He tries to, like the boss wants, the boss said, we found some research that says that if that dogs and cats are now getting more attracted to television. So we want to include content in our content for them. So he's trying to put so they were like put mouse in in a christmas story and yeah. like when he sees karen allen for the first time the, the 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 poor guy on the set you know he's just make he's making a good wage he just wants to go home to his wife and kids and enjoy his christmas but he's got to do mm-hmm. this stupid production of, yeah. of a christmas carol and he's like we can't get the hats on the rabbit and they're like we've tried super glue we've tried everything and bill murray's like did you try stapling them <laughs> <laughs> and karen allen's just like what what no i will have the humane society down here i will you know yeah like that but so yeah but with that relationship it's interesting because that's part of it that grows as we see the windows into to the life and we discover with the ghost of christmas present when when he gets taken to her apartment that her husband uh was killed five years ago and her youngest son doesn't speak anymore and he hasn't spoken since he lost his father and and you know, where he goes oh well i think i need to give her a, a raise and things like that but it, it's uh, it's important for her to be mentioned in the part of what expands bill murray bill murray's heart yeah it, it is it's one of those things that's very funny though like, this movie is obviously very uh, not subtle with like what character is supposed to be what of like this version of christmas carol where um with her kid um the silent one where literally you're introduced to the character of him watching an old production of Christmas Carol from like the forties or something. And it's literally him watching the tiny Tim line of like, God bless us, everyone. And it's like, okay, so (laughs) there you go. There's the tiny Tim character of the story. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And spoiler alert, that's the one line he says in the movie right at the end, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just to tie that in, but we go through the '60s and the '70s, and we go to like this rockin' Christmas party, which would totally, which they totally wouldn't film that scene today. They're like, yeah, people used to have fun on this, and like the secretaries are like photocopying their asses, like, like on the thing, and like just, <laughs> just handing just... them out, like Merry Christmas, everybody. And Bill yeah. Murray's like, oh, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Uh, I'm I'm just trying to deliver the mail and go home, even though it's like <laughs> Christmas Eve, yeah. uh, and. But he bumps into Karen Allen and he gets that's where he gets his nickname Lumpy that that he tries to hide at the beginning of the movie. Yes. She whams him with the door of a record shop or whatever. Um, mm. And it jumps from there. And then uh, the next Christmas Eve is them together. And like he gets her Jinsu knives and she gets him the Kama Sutra, which is a very weird Christmas gift. I'm not going to lie. Even if you're yeah. in a loving relationship, I just, 
You know, that's a, could, that's a very bold move right there. <laughs> well, it would be a bold move if he gave it to her, but her giving it to him is a little less bold, in my opinion. Okay, but, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> but 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 still, kind of a kind of a weird Christmas gift. But it, it's one of those. I guess one of the odd things to me is they try to like it was like the father loves beaver joke at the beginning, where it was like. Yeah trying to be this like meta i'm like i don't think this movie needs like like in the like they're like they were trying to put like a they didn't put sex in the movie but they're trying to be like put a little sex in them yeah you like know, very some ex- weird very some weird ex- sex jokes <laughs> some, some executive is just like oh like like the kama sutra is making a run back at the uh you know it's it's run back up to the top 50 national bestsellers you know what why don't you just why don't you just throw it in there she doesn't get him slack she gets him uh she gets him uh you know she, she gets him the kama sutra like like I, I don't think that's like yeah. worthy of a christmas gift personally but yeah. to each their own but but then it it skips to 1971 christmas eve and uh frank is now playing frisbee the dog so it's it's like a, a very kid show. creepy kid show type thing where i was watching i was like what the hell is this well that, that that was i feel like that was pretty par for the course of children's entertainment like live action children's entertainment in like a live studio audience sense like yeah. back then they're wearing and, a random like stuffed animal costume and stuff well, <laughs> for, for kids they they realize kids kind of just they'll watch anything that's designed towards kids so yeah so why put any money into it just here's a do- giant dog and like a goofy mailman and all right uh and, yeah this works <laughs> but he gets invited out with uh less who right the the exec the ex- the ghost you yeah. see him living because the ghost tells us he's like oh i'm i was your only friend i was your mentor and this is the moment i think where he becomes his mentor but karen out you know he invites him out with her and claire who's karen allen and claire shows up at the set and she's like oh but we had dinner with whoever her friends were and yeah and they were like and he was like well yeah don't you see this is an opportunity and then they separate and they never talk again for 15 years which was which i guess is kind of weird but their lives definitely went in two different directions he went very businessy and she went very charity yeah charity (laughs) given you know non-profit non-profit route yeah in, in in corporate terms but then he shows up at the studio and he's like he realizes what he wants that's that's the one thing he realizes what he wants but he's still the same selfish prick so he like yeah. wanders down to the to the homeless shelter that, that claire works in and he's like on a rant like he's on a full bender mm-hmm. and and at this point they had already gotten so they brought somebody in the west coast to help share the load with bill that was what that lunch meeting was about yeah and he's and, and he's like the clear guy that that knows that he's trying to get your job but he's trying to not be like he's trying to be friendly with you about it so like bill murray hates him off off immediately catches his bullshit it's like oh yeah off the jump that that kind of fake that phony friendliness of yeah the fake corporate nice of yours it's like all right guy like just like i know what you're going for (laughs) yeah but like they're sitting in a so this is the other thing i I didn't fully get was like they were sitting in the homeless shelter and he's sitting there with a group of homeless people yeah like i know he played the dog in that show but then they're like asking him to quote lines like did these people think that like was he an actor as well and then just became a network executive uh, or was this one of those situations where like the dog show was that freaking popular but even then like he was in the suit the whole time so it's like to put it in perspective if if you haven't seen the movie um at this point um basically it's like imagine like barney the dinosaur 
pretty much best comparison one-to-one comparison i guess yeah so it wasn't really clear and it doesn't really matter but it was one of those things i just didn't i was just like like what i get because like i get just putting like some random guy in the suit that's just trying to jump up the career ladder who's they're just like well we we need somebody in a dog suit it really doesn't matter you just like fall over okay i'll yeah i'll do it yeah you know yeah that's very classic thing but he goes in there to try to get claire and she's like we'll go get Chinese food together. We'll, we'll, you know, and then, you know, there's chaos. Oh, there's no turkeys. There's no this. And Bill Murray's like, well, why don't you just go down and to the A&P and buy? It's like, he very totally out of learned. touch. And yeah. Clearly and, hasn't learned anything. Yeah. He's still a dick. That's one of the things that I, I was trying to think about it. Like other adaptations of the Christmas Carol, you really just go like from like ghost to ghost to ghost to ghost. But what I liked about this was that like, you get time in between that you realize that like, yeah, he's still a prick. He's still an asshole now. And it's like, okay, so you just saw the ghost of Christmas past and we get like two scenes of him without, uh, after without ghosts. And it's yeah. like, still an asshole. <laughs> still hasn't learned his lesson. <laughs> yeah. And I, I also like that he's not like, like the mayor of the town or you know, yeah. you know the, the banker in like the town. Mr. Rich. Yeah. Yeah. You, he's, he's wealthy, but like when you're wealthy in New York, that doesn't mean a lot. There's a lot of wealthy people in New York, so it doesn't really different yeah he's not like the wealthiest person in new york (laughs) yeah oh wait also can i just tell you one of my favorite this is from the very beginning of the movie i I meant to to make mention this but there's one scene with with bill murray Uh, it's right at the beginning he's like walking with his brother who's trying to get him to come to christmas for like the first time and he's like listen i love you man but no i'm not coming and then he cuts <laughs> off an old lady for a taxi like an 80 old grandma with presents and then it cuts right to him accepting a humanitarian award <laughs> <laughs> i didn't even know that part of that. <laughs> and then and then and then he takes a cab back to the office and he leaves in the cab he like leaves the award in the cab I was just like, doesn't give a shit clearly. I, st- I started laughing so hard he just he, it was just a great it was just a great flat cut like yeah, I'm sorry. I know this is this is a little off the rails right now, but uh, th- this at, at this just... point, at this point, you're in for it. I mean, we've covered maybe like 20, 30 minutes of the movie at this point. Yeah, you know, if you're listening to this point, it's you're no, you don't really care that much about the movie. Let's be honest. Uh, but but we do. That's why we're covering it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. God damn it. But uh, no, yeah. actually, no, actually, we're, we've covered about an hour of the movie. Like, like, that's, the last fair. Yeah, half, that's fair. The last half an hour is very quick. Um, mm-hmm. So a- after that scene, like he's when he walks out, one of the homeless guys he was talking to before asked for two dollars for like coffee or something like something to warm him up. And Bill Murray just like walks by him, does, doesn't care. And then he goes back to the set of a Christmas Carol. That was the other thing I really liked. I liked how they intertwined like the actual Dickens adaptation, and you always see like the classic snowy London set, yeah, uh, or English set. I don't, it's not set in London. I can't remember. Um, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> whatever it, it is. <laughs> it, it always cuts back to there, and uh, then he it, sees it's, a, yeah, a, it's ghost, exactly a Christmas present shows up. And the ghost of Christmas present is a fairy. And to say that she she was an interesting character design because she the way she spoke and the you know, she was dressed like she was dressed like a somebody, a, a girl that 
that still goes to EDM festivals in their late twenties, early thirties, and like all their friends from before have outgrown it, but like they they just still really haven't outgrown that phase of their life. Yeah, and, and you and and you know, and it's like, oh boy, like you're still wearing like the pixie wings and the and the tutu dresses, but she, but she's a she's a she's a she's a prince she's a fairy she's a ghost at this point at this point she's so like freaking just like strung out if if she was a real person or just just so just like out of it brain fried but but she (laughs) spoke but she she spoke very similarly to like luna lovegood in in the harry potter movies in that kind of like 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 whimsy kind of like aloof yeah uh, Carol Tony. Carol King, the actress who played her, um, is great at those types of roles. Where just like the great, like wispy or or very like uh, high pitched voice and stuff like that. She um, also beats the hell out of Bill Murray too. She yeah. just she just abuses him. Like she, I called her, um, I, I called her the ghost of kicking Bill Murray's ass yeah, <laughs> more she, than anything. She, she hits him <laughs> in the nuts several times. Um, yeah, but the first shop she takes him to is is his secretary's house, which we mentioned before, where he, mm. he learns about about what happened to the husband and there's like a great line she's like i didn't realize she wore she lost her husband and, and, and the, the, the ghost is like do you do you not remember the year that she wore black for a year straight she's like, i don't know it, it could have just been a fashion trend how would i know <laughs> just very relatable very, um, very, very relatable and then yeah. we go to the brother we go to the brother and he, we watch the brother's house, which we haven't really mentioned, but he's kind of like not that important. Well, but it, well, the brother is actually one of other Bill Murray's other brothers. So, oh, is that who? Yeah, which, which uh, brother? Um, not the guy from Mad Men because there's not Joel, Dom- not Joel Murray, not Joel not Joel Murray because Brian Dole Murray is the guy who is played his father. Um, That's his oldest brother, right? Yeah, Brian, Brian Dole Murray is his oldest. Um, I'm gonna look it up right now because I forget. But uh, why don't you riff a little bit? <laughs> yeah well so you know they're doing uh they're doing a trivia game and and his brother can't name any of these easy tv questions from the 1960s oh to be fair i'd fuck him up it was john murray um john murray okay okay and he doesn't have wikipedia page so one of the lesser murray brothers one of the (laughs) one of the one of the lesser murrays so so uh but they open the gift from the brother and instead of a towel uh carol sent a which classic secretary name. I feel like Carol's just a very like, yeah. What's the secretary's name? It's Carol. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in, in that sense, they, uh, so, so, but then the brother gives a toast to him being like, Hey, he's not always here, but I love him. He's the best brother I could have. And it, you know, it warms his, warms his cold heart. And then you get boom, transported right to, right to, uh, under a sewer mm-hmm. and under the sewer is the man from before that bill murray refused to give two dollars to dead completely frozen to death and yeah. like the two dollars would have saved his life and he starts this is when bill murray who was already kind of he was already dialed it up to about a nine just dials the rest of the movie up to about a 12 yeah. uh, um and and he barges down the door of the sewer and he ends up right on the set of a christmas carol at the studio three minutes before it's about to go live so ooh, dodged a bullet there yeah. and then and then he hits a barrel and it crushes the the hr lady that 
the compliance ladies that's there who which was a running gag but she just gets a she's just the oh, completely prop. yeah she's the one of those people that just gets constantly abused so uh just to touch on a previous point real quick um so with the homeless guy that died um how long did it take you to realize like who that was in the movie did you realize uh, like instantly <laughs> i don't know what you're talking about oh no, no, so the homeless guy who uh who wasn't given the two dollars that died is that um, is that is that his dad no, 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 no. I'm asking, as in, like, how long did it take you to realize who that character was in the movie? Oh, I got it. I got it instantly. Like, shit, uh, you're smarter than me because I literally, like, yeah, I, we I know. Since moving a little bit, um, but <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, too many minutes. I was like, who the fuck is? That? Well, it just made it made sense in like the context of the yeah movie. It, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't going to be anybody else. Um, That's fair. So, anyways, moving on. Uh, so you're saying <laughs> we're moving on. Uh, so yeah, from from there uh he you know he's having a full panic attack on the set basically and they actually do a really good fake out where the the other guy from california who's there uh it's like why don't you uh claire why don't you take him upstairs and and they do the elevator and then there's the the ghost of christmas future as the devil is there but the 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 devil is uh it's the one for the actual production. So he like gets on his knees and he's like, I know what's happening. Just take me, just do it, just do it. And then like, it's like, that kid's going to be a star. Real believable. Like, <laughs> he's a great actor right there. Like, uh... <laughs> Oh, uh, so he goes up to his office. He's drinking. He knows it's coming. He can sense it's coming. And then they do another good fake out. And uh, this is somebody we totally have not mentioned. But yeah. uh, this is, what was his name? Elliot? Played by uh, Bobcat Goldwyn. Um, yeah, so he, great he, was, Goldwyn. he was great in this. Um, so right at the beginning of the movie, uh, Elliot, this guy, you know, random just TV executive, yeah, like stands up to Bill, to Bill Murray and, and is like, oh, I think this is a terror, you know, this promotion you cut is a terrible idea. And Bill Murray fires him like instantly uh, behind his back. So he loses yeah. his job, loses his wife, and he just comes in with a shotgun and he just starts like shooting at Bill Murray. What's great like, about the great about the performance from Bobcat is that Bobcat's always knows like the guy that's like the loud, obnoxious type. He was in the Police Academy movies and all this stuff. He has a very loud, obnoxious voice. So when I first saw the movie, I was like, this is an oddly restrained performance from him. And then you slowly see throughout the movie that he gets slightly more unhinged and unhinged. Where it'll cut to him <laughs> randomly trying to drink like a fuck ton. And it's like it keeps on like just like uh, the bottle breaks or like someone steals the bottle from him and stuff like that and then right when we get to the scene with the shotgun it's just like there we go there's the bobcat i know there's a fucking crazy ass asshole i know yeah he 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 goes off the he's off the reservation he's trying to he's trying to kill him and as he's avoiding him uh phil hits the elevator button and he goes into the you know christmas future and he sees Mm -hmm. he sees cheryl visiting her son in the in an, in a padded padlock room at a at an asylum because he still can't speak and it was just visitation hours on on Christmas. He cuts to Claire, who is now snotty and rich, and and there's poor children asking for money and she's shooing them away and she's like, "Well, I got great advice that you, I need to just take care of myself." And she like turns to him and just says, "Thanks, Lumpy." Uh, which total I 180 thought, total total 180 which is you know he's like that shouldn't happen to you yeah and then he goes to his funeral but he thinks it's his brother's funeral at first but it's not and it's just him and his wife his brother and his wife there 
and they burn in the in the coffin and then he's back and he, he gets Elliot on his side. He gives him like a promotion or whatever. And then they just, yeah. it goes kind of off the rails and Bill Murray goes on like about a seven minute monologue and he crashes yeah. where the, where the end monologue in a Christmas Carol should be. He just crashes the live show of it and does his Elliot, own take on it. <laughs> Elliot holds the, the production room hostage with the shotgun. <laughs> like he's literally, yeah, one of those things that's, that's freaking hilarious, but it's also, <laughs> I wrote down a note. Yeah, this probably aged the worst out of the movie. <laughs> what, just holding the holding the everyone hostage? <laughs> but I, I will say that that speech from Bill Murray was very passionate. I think it was I think it was about like six or seven minutes long because it's right up until the end of the end of the yeah. movie when the credits roll. And he, so he's well. Yeah, he's he's great in it, but it's one of those things that like Robert Mitchum like constantly um is like trying to break in and like being like, okay, like we need to stop this now. He's ruining this, he's done. So do you he, think Bill Murray got fired? That his character got fired right after doing that? <laughs> uh depends on the end ratings and the reception of it. Cause like you yeah. saw at the end that that Robert Mitchum is like dancing with his wife. Because mm-hmm. Bill Murray's like, you shouldn't be watching TV. Call a close friend. Call, call, yeah. call that college roommate. Call that ex-army buddy. Call mm-hmm. whoever. Yeah. And and yeah, it's uh it it's an interesting rant, except for when he like calls he calls out um Claire and then mentions like the Karma Sutra position that they did. And I was like, this is this is can, weird. So, so can you it imagine that weird joke yeah and she she's like giddy about it i'm like if that would happen to me i'd be humiliated especially on live television it's one of those things can you imagine so like take it to the place that like you're you're watching like a christmas carol on nbc and nbc's like we have uh christmas carol live and all of a sudden this television exec you don't even know he's an exec some random guy strong uh like just stumbles onto the set interrupts it completely and just starts going on this random rant can you imagine watching and be like what the hell is going on right now I mean, it, I, the one thing about television, and if the past, you know, since Scrooge came out 33 years ago or, or whatever it is, if yeah. anything has taught us about that, like people eat up and love meltdowns on television. They, they love when oh, like, yeah. a live show fails. It's not like a play where you'd be kind of ticked off. You're, you kind of think it's funny. Yeah. Like that, the Oscars slip up of La La Land versus Moonlight is one of the, oh. the funny. It's one of the funniest. Uh, oh God, that was one of those things that I remember. Like when that happened, um, we're watching the Oscars at my friend's house, and um, all of a sudden they announced La La Land one, and then one of my friends goes, "Wait, wait, 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 it's something happening?" Because you could see in the background like people just being like, "Like, wait, 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 we got the wrong, we got the wrong movie, we got the wrong movie." Do you think the same thing happened when Marissa Tomei won? Best supporting actress for my my cousin Vinny. I know that I that's I think that's a Futurama joke too, where they're just like oh, screwed up like we did with Tomei, like they're at like some Oscar ceremony, like <laughs> which is <laughs> unfair the, to Marissa Tomei. She is very good in that. And she's great. She is great. She is great. Um, but yeah, no, was, uh, when I was watching the whole Scrooge back to Scrooge, <laughs> I was just thinking the whole time I was like, I can only imagine like because Christmas Carol is probably like nine o'clock on Christmas Eve, and you're watching this, and it's just like going off the rails completely yeah <laughs> it would have been amazing it would have been great because it's you're sitting there with your family on like christmas eve watching a christmas carol and you yeah. probably had a few drinks in you and then it just like like the god blesses everyone bit happens which is which happens with with claire's son you know he picks him up yeah. very very much echoing the classic little timmy yeah. scene in, in a regular christmas carol 
and he's and he says his one line god bless us everyone in a very very hushed voice may i add but i guess compared to bill murray's energy it's not fair to hold like a five-year-old comparable to yeah you, to, you can't to, match the murray <laughs> to match bill murray's manic energy on that set uh so yeah that was that's pretty much scrooged uh so i guess we just kind of ran through it a little bit plot point by plot point and just went on a rambling rant about it yeah which i think ended up working out in our in our favor to be honest yeah seriously so um just some fun things about the movie uh bill murray turned this down for uh turned down rain man big and cocktail for this movie so i think he made the right choice i couldn't imagine him in rain man i couldn't imagine him in big i could imagine him in big i could imagine him in big i feel like he would have been too sarcastic for big because you need like tom hanks who's like very earnest yeah i yeah but i I, yeah maybe but bill murray just and it's kind of like tom hanks too where they both just have a a likability factor to them that if big would have been a different movie with 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 bill murray on it but i still think it would have been a good movie because yeah because that, that i think that's penny marshall right penny marshall yeah, yeah penny marshall yeah 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 so and she's a fantastic director so that that wouldn't be surprising to me if it, a bill murray version of big would have been good uh what what was the first one you said i'm sorry uh rain man which rain man I had... no no no, yeah, no 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 oh, maybe it's maybe it's dustin hoffman's character i could see that I, I could I could maybe see that, but um, I could see that. The last one was cocktail. I, I think that cocktail in general is a movie that we probably don't let, want to discuss. Yeah, yeah I, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's okay. So, it's fun. It's a fun watch. It's yeah, you can watch it. <laughs> like if you want, I guess. Um, so, so going back, going down to ratings. So out of five, to me, what would you rate this? I would give this this a solid. On a holiday movie scale, I would probably give this a solid three. And like for an actual movie, I'd probably give this like a, a, you know, probably like probably around a three, maybe two and a half to three. It's a good movie. It's totally if you want to watch it, it's totally worth your time. A lot of funny, clever jokes to it. A nice twist on a classic on a classic tale. I don't think anything about it totally stands out. And I think there's a lot of logic breaks and i'm not like a big logic like oh i need to follow the logic of a movie but a lot of it like a karen allen's motivations make no sense like she should look at bill murray's character 15 years later and be like what the hell was i thinking with you like yeah this is my asshole (laughs) ex-boyfriend there's no redeeming you know where their two lives went there was no redeeming qualities between them but i i I thought it was i thought it was a really it was a fun movie i'm i'm glad we uh i'm glad we watched it yeah, same. Um, so if I had to rate it, um, I've only seen this movie about like once or twice before. Um, but this is the first time in a while I've watched it, but I'm really glad we watched it again. Um, if I had to give it a rating, probably 3.5 out of 5. Um, it wasn't as funny as it could be. I felt like it could have been a lot funnier. I, I would agree with that. There's a lot of clever, like, hee-hee moments, but it's not a ton of, like, belly laughing. Yeah, there's not, like, a lot of out loud moments, uh, out loud laughing moments where yeah. it's just, like, you're dying over of laughter. Um which is kind of disappointing with Bill Murray. And I feel like it could have been a little bit more manic, but still had a good message to it. Um, some laughs didn't hit and you can't, Bobcat Goldwed just was great. <laughs> and Bill Murray was great. He, he really carried yeah. this. I, I don't think the movie doesn't work if he can't deliver and he does. Yeah. And so, um, all right. So um, wait, let me, let me ask you one last question. Does right. this, we didn't, we mentioned that there's a ton of adaptations of, a Christmas Carol. 
but mm-hmm. does this hold do you, do you think this is better than the gold standard a muppet christmas carol well no <laughs> muppet I christmas Car- yeah muppet christmas carol is a classic that i probably need to watch today or tomorrow if i have time Ma- Ma- michael kane is michael kane's fantastic in that My- yeah maybe we'll get somebody on here who hasn't seen that next christmas exactly <laughs> look and, out for our next christmas season <laughs> yeah next christmas season but i i think for next week we were going to start to go over some of the recent releases that we haven't seen for or just you know just saw and i think we're going to kick it off with spider-man no way home Woo! keep it nice and relevant we mentioned it a little bit before uh we're gonna go see it and we're gonna go tell you about it and we'll let you know what we think and it'll probably be me just ranting about marvel movies but yeah, yeah. till then i'm tim i'm tommy and we have seen it